Close the Curtain podcast is an audio platform created to educate, entertain, and inspire women to live their best lives while they close the curtain on things that no longer serve them. We bond over wine or the drink of your choice while sharing many laughs, loves, and sometimes even tears. While this show features our opinions, it should not take the place of you seeking professional healthcare advice. Please buckle up and enjoy the show. I fly United, I fly first class. I make them close that curtain because I don't like all that suffering going back and close. It's so hot, we can't breathe. Please close the curtain, I can't take it. I only have one of them great. I can't help them all, please. Please, please close the curtain. Yeah, I'm for sure, for certain. Some topics be making us way too uncomfortable. Queasy stomachs hurting. We do not deal with negative energy, vibes, and negative person. Tell the story, this hurry up urgent. I needed to close the curtain. I'm Shalana. Don't let the sweet voice and the stethoscope fool you. Because I can tell it like it I is. Hey y'all, I'm Caroline, a Midwestern girl with a Southern flair. I will open and bless your heart in the same breath. After turning 30, there's two places I strongly belong. In a bed and in a book. Sometimes both. Nalita. I fly at night and I fly first class. Close that curtain because I don't like all that suffering go back and close. Welcome, 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 ladies, and close the curtain crew. This is the third episode of season two, and boy, do we have lots of stories for you. So for our icebreaker tonight, the first thing we want to talk about is these ice creams. We have chosen tonight to sample a few small businesses by trying their ice creams and giving you a review or our opinion on them tonight. If you have not heard, earlier this month, Walmart decided to give a great value red velvet and cheesecake edition to celebrate Juneteenth and people were in such uproar because of all this it's the freedom for me that they took that ice cream right off the shelves but we still have decided to celebrate by sampling some other small businesses and we think that you should too so ladies you have your ice creams before you let us dive right in and review. Okay, so I've got the Creamalicious because Walmart was so shady taking that red velvet cheesecake recipe from her and putting a great value label on it. But this is the Creamalicious Blissfully Southern Aunt Poonie's Caramel Pound Cake. So we are opening it up. It smells so good, y'all. It smells delicious. It's caramel with pound cake 
chunks and caramel swirls. So let's see. Oh my God, this is the best I've ever had. Y'all, this is so good. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is delicious. Like it's not- Are there chunks of pound cake in there? Yes, there are chunks of pound cake and caramel swirl in here. Mm -mm. And so, yes, I won't say too much because I've chosen the same exact kind as Caroline has because apparently they are flying off the shelves and that was the only kind that they had left at my Kroger. But it is so good that when I get in a slump and don't want to fix a, a caramel cake, I'm going to go right to Aunt Poonie and support her because this is delicious for real. So there's pieces of, of pound cake and caramel. Can you taste all the, the flavors separately? Like the vanilla, the yes, pound God. cake, the caramel. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, God. Mm. <laughs> yes, when I opened it up, it was like a thick layer of caramel sitting on top that I had mm -hmm. to break through before. Oh, <laughs> oh this thing is so delicious. <laughs> you got something going for you, honey. Ooh. So, what are the other flavors that she have out there? Girl, let me look it up because I do believe that there's like a banana pudding flavor. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I think peach pecan. Mm -hmm. Yep. And she does have a right as rain red velvet cake. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Oh, all of that sounds good. But I'm so jealous of you two because I didn't even get to buy any of the ice cream. I went to two Targets today and Walmart. And None of those stores carry cream malicious, and I was so sad. But I wanted to review something today. I didn't want to be left out, so I did get something that was unusual. At least I thought it was unusual. When I text you guys, you all acted acted as if this flavor was normal. I, I was like, "Did y'all realize I got pizza flavor ice cream?" Because <laughs> y'all was like, Ooh, "That looks good." That was good. <laughs> I didn't want to be discouraging. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna hype you up. Right. Don't forget that premium gas, sis. <laughs> okay. Yes. So this ice cream is a new brand of French ice cream from a company called Van Lewin. And they had a lot of different flavors. I saw strawberry, I saw blueberry, I saw peach, and all those different flavors that you normally see all the time when you look up when you look for ice cream and but the unusual flavor that they had was pizza so as soon as I purchased it I text the group and I said y'all look and they was like oh that looks good that looks good and I I thought you guys were going to say mm, pizza and so I was like do you guys realize I bought pizza ice cream well so I'm going to try this for the first time and I'll read something that they said about like a description of the ice cream on it it says and nothing makes us happier than this pizza ice cream who said you can't have the best of both worlds not us so put aside any notion that you can't have your pizza and ice cream together in one crazy but crazy delicious flavor truthfully the one thing missing is the salad of course now if they would have put pizza and salad in here I would it would have stayed 
it would have stayed in the freezer. Rightfully um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, the one thing missing is a salad course, but we'll save that for another day. All right. So I'm looking at it. I can see it looks like it's vanilla and they got some red stuff in here. I guess that's supposed to be the pizza sauce. We're going to try this out. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> okay. So they did a little too much with this ice cream. <laughs> they did too much. So you can taste the vanilla. So it gives you kind of like that sweet and salty taste. So that's, I mean, it, it's okay. I would never buy it again, but it'll do for tonight. And so you heard it here first. When I was at Walmart, I did see the Van Lewins. They did not have the pizza flavor, but they did have some other <laughs> weird like flavors you, you would never think to have in ice cream. Because I saw a gray poupon. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what that tastes like, but nope. I'm closing the curtain on that. <laughs> See, I thought you got the pizza flavor because they have nothing else. Like you skipped over all the regulars and got I pizza did. on purpose. I did. But you know what I noticed is that this was maybe, there was only two left. All the other ones had like, Expired. you know, probably. <laughs> Nah, the people was Probably. trying to be adventurous like Shalala. They yes. said, we don't want no peach crisp. We want to try. And this says, and this was the only one that said limited edition. And I see why. They ain't going to be making this no more. Sure. Good. <laughs> Child, I'm sitting here swimming in this little pint of ice cream, searching for all the little pound cake chunks. Let me go put this in my freezer. <laughs> right. I decided to only get two little scoops of, of a spoonful because I said, I, I don't know how this is going to sit on my stomach and I ain't want to get too much. But okay, listeners, you have got a treat. If you Google and look up Creamalicious near me, you can call ahead, I guess, but the, the, the store shelves might be empty. So go on ahead out, support a small business today and hopefully you won't be disappointed <laughs> i'm gonna put y'all on game okay so boom download the target app and order it from target and that way you know they got it in stock you can buy it online from the target app and then just go to the store drive up and pick it up and that's what i did so that i wouldn't have to go like shopping around because when i checked the app there was only one store in atlanta that still had it and luckily, it was about 20 minutes from my house, but I would have been really upset because it's not in a direction I would have typically gone in to look for this. So download the Target app and use that to find your cream malicious ice cream because it is so good. And y'all just, whew. Oh, that name was good. I'm sorry, Shalana, your, your pizza ice cream didn't live <laughs> up to the expectations. If I could fly to Miami oh, my and share mine, I would. Oh, <laughs> you'll probably be there next week. Bring us on, <laughs> right? <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Moving right along. So, when was it, Shalana, that you had a speed dating experience? You're going to share with us. It was from last week or the week before? No, actually, it was this week. Oh, 
Very, very interesting experience, might I say. Now, before I go into my experience, I just want to give the audience a little bit about what speed dating is, because it'll make more sense once I tell my story. So now for those of you who may not know what speed dating is or who've never been on a speed date, it is an event that allows an individual to have multiple short dates in one night. So they will usually choose like a really nice venue for the speed dating event. Like for the event that I went to, it was like on a a club that was on a rooftop of a hotel. It was on the roof and it was really, really nice because it was kind of like overlooking the city. And, you know, so it was really nice. So there's usually a a happy hour session before the event. And then they do like a, a mingling session after the event. So when you check in, you're basically provided with a name tag and a scorecard. And if you are a female, your scorecard will have all the names of the men in the room and check boxes next to each name that says romantic connection, friendship connection, or no connection. If you're male, you get the same thing, but with the the names of all the women in the room. And so a lot of your speed dating events kind of are labeled or, or they're categorized. So we have speed dating events for women who are straight, men who are straight and ages of 21 to 40. Then you have older population and you may have some for the LGBTQ community. So you just have to pick, you know, where you fall into those different categories. And so with your scorecards, as you're mingling or talking and going on your speed dates, after your date, you're supposed to check off if you have a romantic connection with that person, if you have a friendship connection with that person or no connection at all. And so when the dates are over, they basically collect all of the cards from everyone and they kind of sift through them. And if you have a match, they will email you individually, let you know, hey, so-and-so had a romantic connection with you too, and, you know, vice versa. And it's up to you to basically reach out to that person. Okay. So now for my experience, it wasn't that great this time. (laughs) And I say this time because I've gone to speed dating events before, and I actually met someone a long time ago, and we actually had a relationship for a while that kind of ended. So I decided to kind of give it a second chance this time around. And it wasn't really what I thought it would be. You know, this particular speed dating event was owned by a a black speed dating company. And I feel like it was very unorganized. First of all, when I walked in there, there were only two other black men who were really not my type. (laughs) I had several five minute dates with white men, Asian men, European men and someone um, from Germany and the Philippines. Now, I I really don't have anything against men of other races or or backgrounds, but because this was a black speed dating company, I was really looking forward to having more dates with men who looked like me. So that was one disappointing thing that I, I noticed. And, you know, Another thing that kind of made the experience awkward was my name was not on any of the scorecards for the men. And I didn't know that until like the third date going in because the guy, I guess he was interested and he was like, you know, your name's not on the scorecard. Did you know that? And I said, no. So then I reached out to one of the coordinators and I, I mentioned it to her and she said, well, 
you just have to let the, the person know who you know you're with on, on your dating that your your name is not on the scorecard and tell them to add you. I'm like, really? So to me, I kind of felt like that was awkward to tell people that because now I'm looking thirsty. Oh, by the way, make sure you put my name on the scorecard. You know, that's how I felt. So I just chose not to do that. I just, you know, basically talked to the guys. And unless I was really, really, really interested, I decided, you know, to let them know. But at the end of the night, I just I didn't turn in my scorecard at all. And um, I just kept it moving. I just said, you know, this was just an experience, you know, for me. For sure. Mm -hmm. Are you going to give this feedback to the company so they can be better? Or is it just like not worth my time? No, I've already sent the review. They sent an email maybe like three days after for asking for a review. Okay, so and they had so, your email for the review, but they didn't have your name mm-hmm. for the scorecard. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Yep, and All right. so I definitely told them how I felt, you know, and I was really disappointed in this company because I've done their speed dating events before, and because this is my third speed dating. The one is when I met the other guy a long time ago, and then I've been with this company twice, and the First time around with them, it was better because there were more African-American men that were there and they were a little bit more organized, you know, but I will say the venue that they chose was really, really nice. If I had one positive thing to say about it, the venue was really on point. They put more effort into the venue. (laughs) (laughs) To make up for what they lacked. (laughs) So I've never done like speed dating or anything like that before. I did it as like a networking event uh, for entrepreneurs, but it was just to create like business connections, not like romantic relationships or anything. So I get like the, the atmosphere of it, but did they like, vet the people before they were able to come like did they like verify who they said they were or did they say well you have to have like this level of income or anything like that mm -mm. no when you signed up for it the only thing they asked was like your name your age and date of birth so they can verify that you were within that age group for that evening but that was it. And then when you walked in, they just checked you in, make sure, you know, you had um, your name on a list and that you had a name tag. And that was basically it. Although it is a black speed dating company, I guess they don't market themselves that way. And they just kind of allow all races apparently to, to sign up. So I don't think they're just, you know, just kind of focusing on our culture. I think they allow everyone, but, but the funny thing is, is that all the women there were black <laughs> and all the men there except for two of them were the were of other back nationalities you had like I said white men Asian men or whatever but there were only two other black men and there if I had to count how many people were in there because there was an even number of men and women I would probably say there were at least maybe 22 of us maybe close to being in the 30s so that should tell you. Well, they wanted some coffee in their cream. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well, they want that pound cake and caramel swirl. <laughs> Girl, we're looking for the chunks of pound cake, honey. <laughs> so 
So you got a name badge and everything. You was on the list, but not on the list. Not on the scorecard. Yep. Mm -hmm. And she told me to tell the people who I was on the date with to put my name on the scorecard. I was not going to do that. Right. Mm -mm. Well, moving along with horror stories, we have a ride share safety story from Caroline from this past week as well. Okay, so boom. I am, if you could take a guess as to what state I was in when this happened, if you're thinking Florida, you're absolutely right. So I'm in Miami for work last week and I'm like calling my lift to go back to the airport and this car pulls up. And when I'm looking at the app and I see the car pulling up in like my office like driveway parking lot or whatever the color doesn't match the car the make and model is different and the license plate was different so I walked outside with my you know suitcase and my work bag because you know I ain't checking no bags so I just had my little carry-on and my work bag and like I showed the driver the car on the app and was like what's up and then she gets like real nasty and was like, well, my car was totaled. So obviously I can't drive that effing car. Do you want this ride or not? And she called me a B. I, <laughs> y'all, I was shook it. Like the girl was too stunned to speak. So like, I'm looking around the parking lot. Like, you know how black folks do when you get caught out. Like you start looking around to see who she's actually talking to. Cause it couldn't have been me. Like, it couldn't have been me. So I asked her, like, who are you calling a B? Because I got y'all B right here in my suitcase. Still realizing that I'm, like, right in front of my place of employment as someone who works in human resources. Like, I was about to nook in book because I was ready to fight. And she said, look, do you want this ride or not? I said, obviously not. And I'm reporting you to live for your little stank A attitude. And she slammed her trunk, ran to her side of the car, slammed her door, but not before she rolled her window down and screamed, that's your loss, B, and sped out like a bat out of hell. And I was so glad I didn't get in that car because I could clearly see why her first car got totaled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but whew, I, you know, ain't no telling where like she would have taken me. It could have been just a safe, harmless ride to the airport. And, you know, like she was trying to tell me this was just a rental car. But if that's the case, you should have updated your like app or your Lyft profile to reflect that new car. Because I'm not getting in the car with you and be ending Mm -hmm. up on like the first 48 day county Mm -hmm. edition. But that just, you know, probably already been on the first 48. Listen, but then I also had to remind myself that I'm in Florida and them folks ain't got all their marbles and some of their screws a little loose. So I said, I need to just calm down, take a step back because I'm still in front of my job. <laughs> so I didn't want to escalate it like any more than that. But y'all, I was 38 hot with that woman. But it just goes back to, you know, we've talked about this on the eavesdrop before of just about ride share safety tips, because you can never be too safe getting in some stranger's car trying to get to where you got to go. And listeners, if that color, make, model, and license plate don't match, don't get in the car. If the person 
is not who shows up. Like sometimes in Miami, I've had people say, oh, my sister's not feeling well. So I'm just like picking up rides for her. Don't get in the car. Like don't do it. Because we've seen where people will pick up, usually a woman, they will pick up a woman, go off the beaten path and like try to kidnap her or, or steal her for a sex trafficking ring. So you just always stay vigilant, never get too comfortable in these ride shares. Don't fall asleep, stay awake in the car, stay alert and share your ride with people in your contact list. That is so true. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry that you had this terrible Ooh. experience because I don't even, I probably just opening up and telling this story again, I probably have an adrenaline fight or flight moment. So I just, since you handled it as well as you could, and I'm you glad did. that you made it back safe. Yeah, but y'all remember they- when, uh, when we were in Houston together mm-hmm. and that uh, suspect van pulled up when we were leaving the comedy club. <laughs> I was so embarrassed hopping in that old sniper van. <laughs> I thought it was curtains for us. <laughs> but like there were three of us. So like I felt more comfortable. Like that man couldn't take down all three of us. But mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed leaving the club, getting in that car. <laughs> it was embarrassing. And one of the guys came and closed the door on the van. Right. That was- <laughs> and then the driver told me, I said, I got it. I got it. Because it was a sliding door on the minivan. <laughs> Oh, we was out there bad. We were. We were in the middle of the night. And for the rest of the weekend, then we ride in luxury. We was like, we can't have nobody else. We can't have this happening. And then we we were getting in that van in front of the comedians that that was that performed that night. You know we were part of that next segment. You know that, right? I know it. I know it. One of them tried to get my number, and I think he was like the comedian's assistant. I know they were roasting me. She got the nerve to show her ring and act like she got married getting into that car oh wait till tomorrow night i know they roasted us that's okay we made it home safe (laughs) barely (laughs) speaking of uh hot topics and questions what are some things that preachers say when they know that the church isn't listening i'm preaching louder than you saying amen (laughs) <laughs> oh i can't get no help up in here <laughs> oh this side ain't listening let me try over here i said <laughs> he used to say i know this sermon is hard to say amen too <laughs> when he used to uh preach about stewardship and, and giving tithes and offerings the church would be silent he was like i know this sermon is hard to say amen too Oh my goodness. So back in the day when I was an undergrad, I used to date a church musician and he played at like two different churches. But one of the churches that he played at, he said that him and the pastor had this like understanding that if he gave him, like if the pastor gave him this like signal, he was supposed to start like playing some praise and worship music to try to like wake the church up. Or he'd have to like start some chart, like some shout music, like da 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 da. Like so, he would have to <laughs> like check for the pastor's signal <laughs> as a cue to wake that church up with that organ. 
Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Well, I even unheard this word may not be for you, and that's why you're so silent. But if I have to <laughs> preach for only myself tonight, I'm gonna get this word out. <laughs> oh, that infamous, y'all don't hear me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do. <laughs> yes, we do. We hear you loud and clear, and we loud and clear. <laughs> we scared to rejoice or say amen because the Lord might hold us to it. <laughs> but oh, Shalana, we have an auntie who used to say, stay asleep in the second row of church every Sunday. Like she fell asleep every, <laughs> when I say every Sunday, every Sunday. So I know every time the pastor said, turn to your neighbor and say neighbor, he was talking right to her to try to wake her up. <laughs> like he just wanted one of us to nudge her a little bit. Oh gosh. <laughs> we ain't gonna say no names, but I got a feeling I know who this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remain silent about that. Well, <laughs> at least you had the good grace to remain silent because in our next little snippet, Deion Sanders and some other schools got name called from Nick Saban. And the reason that he was shouting out at them is because he went on a rant and Nick Saban is the Alabama head coach. And they say that he's college football's biggest figure, but he was accused of buying players along with Texas A&M's head coach, Jimbo Fisher. And that is because some highly sought after African-American football players decided to join these HBCUs. And so Saban claimed that Sanders had paid top football recruits Travis Hunter, $1 million to attend Jackson State. And he also cited Kevin Coleman, but then it says this, this article says he shifted to the real target who was Fisher, who he claimed had personally bought every member of his 2022 recruiting class with their name, image, and likeness money. And so when he started to speak out, then Deion Sanders did not stay quiet anymore. And what had previously been some rapport between the two, because they even made commercials together. What y'all got to say about this? First of all, we love us Deion Sanders over here. Okay. Now, listen to episode nine of season one, and y'all will see why we love him so much over here at Close the Curtain. And y'all heard how he talked to them football players about that booty paper. Nick Saban don't want that smoke. So I need him Mm -hmm. to mind the business that pays him and stay over there in Alabama and leave Mississippi alone. Lee Jackson State alone. You do not want this smoke with Deion Sanders. You don't. And why is he all in Jackson State's business? Like, what does it matter? Like, what do they get from that? I don't really have a lot to say about this situation other than people need to mind their business. For real. Like, they're not even playing in the same football conference. So it's not like, you know, if Jackson Mm -hmm. State has like a super winning season, which I hope they do. You know, it's not like it impacts Alabama that much in like them going to the football playoffs. So it's like, just, just mind your business. Stay out of, stay out of grown folk business. Like our mamas used to say. 
He wanted those highly sought after African-American football players. They need to come and get a taste of what their HBCU life can give them. Don't go and chase after these big names, the five, five big leagues and power, this and power that sometimes that's where the money is, but this is just college football. Hopefully you out there doing what you're supposed to do. You're going to get revenue anyway since you can make money off of your name, image, and likeness. I am happy at least that these football players, even in college, can make some money because these schools been making money for yeah, the longest off of exactly. them. Mm-hmm. If they get banged up and, you know, I think they need to get some type of compensation. They, they really do. And we were saying before that, you know, where is Jackson State getting all this money to pay somebody to come to their school to play? I don't think they have to pay a, a student that much to come to the school because Deion Sanders is coaching the team. A Hall of Famer is coaching the team. So right. that alone right there is attractive to bring somebody to the field. Like I would love if a Hall of Famer would coach me. Okay. How many somebody championships has- yeah. do you have, Nicholas? <laughs> huh? You sitting here trying to come for Deion. And like he said, I think Deion Sanders said this in one of his clapbacks on Twitter. He was like, um, we don't have to pay our players to come back home because they come in here regardless. And I was like, Ooh, take that to the bank and cash it. And he meant that, honey. Okay. And in our last little icebreaker, because we got to do it to him. We are seeing some of these football players and even not so football players out here in these hoochie daddy shorts, honey. Are y'all here for it? Baby, listen. I'm all the way here for it. Y'all so so lucky I'm married because I would have been making somebody a single father of two coming out here with these little shorts on i did not realize how attractive men's thigh meat was because they stay hiding it with pants and long shorts listen, that's all right i'm gonna still cat call them listen i was like <laughs> tiffany haddish oh that's not <laughs> this yeah. you right here oh you right there <laughs> no roaches up in here or nothing <laughs> this is nice <laughs> Show will ain't yes. great shorts. Your girl let you come out the house like that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Turn around, great shorts. Look at Show that. OMG. See, y'all can't see it, but Nalita is showing us pictures of these men in these short shorts. And I blame the NBA because you know they've been doing it since day one. But now you have the right, you have to have the right kind of thigh meat though. You can't have skinny legs and doing this. Like you that's true. <laughs> Some kind of meat on them thighs. That is true. Don't be coming out here with these twigs. Mm-mm. Stay in the house with that. Uh-uh. Not the twigs now, Karen. <laughs> I'm just playing. I ain't looking at the little shorts. I'm happily married. I'm just playing. Uh-uh. A little bit. I'm not. I'm looking because, <laughs> honey that uh, listen we're gonna post a picture on our uh, instagram so y'all can look at what we're looking at because <laughs> honey all right let's move into corking or toasting some of the folks who've been cutting up on beyonce's internet 
This portion of our episode is called Make a Toast or Put a Cork in It, where we chat about things happening in the news and decide if we're going to celebrate and make a toast or if we're going to put a cork in it because it's a no for us. Now, before we get started, I'm asking the leader first, what are y'all drinking tonight on this lovely Tuesday evening? Yeah, she know why she asking because she sent me something good to drink. It is the Tropical Tito Cocktail and it consists of Tito's vodka, pineapple juice, and simply limeade with a couple of cubes of ice, honey. And I've already finished off my little first little glass. So while y'all talk, I'm going to have to go and get a refill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it tastes like juice. It's deceptive. <laughs> so slow it down. <laughs> So I am drinking a mango passion fruit wine spritzer by Bloom. This is another low calorie, low sugar uh, spritzer that I'm drinking. It has 100 calories, no fat, no sodium, five grams of carbs, and two grams of sugar. So I thought that this would be the best thing for me to drink tonight after eating that ice cream and those macaroons I had earlier. <clears throat> so keeping <laughs> the sugar down to a minimum <laughs> it's okay it tastes like sparkling water okay so like a wine seltzer is it like fizzy is it carbonated or it's carbonated mm-hmm. it's a spritzer so it's carbonated it has like a little flavor to it but for the most part like if I could describe how it tastes it tastes like a flavor of sparkling water basically okay but it's still wine so we get, get a bug mm-hmm. okay all right. Well, since I did my Target pickup, I didn't want to go for like just ice cream. Like I didn't want to drive, you know, 25 minutes away just to get a pint of ice cream. So I said, let me see what else I can add to this Target order. And I saw this wine on sale for like six or seven dollars and it's called Sun Pop. And this flavor is a strawberry Moscato and it's a semi-sweet. This bottle is so huge. <laughs> It is so tall. So I think I can probably get like a good six glasses of wine out of this. And I'm a heavy pour, but it's really good. I added some fresh strawberries to my glass already just to give it a little extra, a little, a little razzle dazzle in my drink. But I was pleasantly surprised by this. I was also surprised that Target gives you wine when you do like the drive up and they bring your groceries to your car. I was surprised that they did that. But I also got a... I think it's a mango or a peach flavored Moscato from the same company too, since they were on sale. But so far, 10 out of 10, highly recommend. I almost got that today. Really? Mm-hmm. But the only reason why is because I, I really saw myself eating more ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't need all that sugar, but I almost got that. So there's not too much sugar in it if you, as long as you just stick to like one glass. And it says it's five servings per bottle. Um, so I guess they pour heavier than me, chat. But it's only 110 calories per serving and 11 grams of sugar. So it's not too, too, too bad. But it is delicious. And I cannot wait to break into that other bottle as well. So for our first story, Alexa, give me my 40 acres and a mule so I can give it to my husband. Okay, I had to wait for my Alexa to go off for real. 
Supercent and her man Razor are celebrating one year together and to celebrate their love and this special milestone in their relationship Super surprised her man with a gift he was not expecting. Now, if you're not familiar with who this is, Supercent is famous for creating the Crayola eyeshadow palette. And she basically like broke the internet Black this past Black Friday when she sold out like within minutes and made millions on this drop of the eyeshadow palette. So that's who she is. And I think Razor is like a rapper, maybe. Not sure. Anyway. Razor took to Instagram to share that Super had surprised him with his own land while he was working to make sure that their anniversary was special for her. He said, man, this is so crazy. I was so focused on making sure her anniversary was special. And this was just a complete surprise. I'm thinking we just riding around and then we pull up to this. Like they bought me some land and had an on-site closing. Uh, Super also shared that Razor had purchased a home six months ago or six months prior to this and added her name to the title. And that was just kind of a sign that Razor saw longevity when it came to their relationship. She said, this land is for you. I got you more floor plans to look at as well. Happy anniversary, King. So y'all know how the saying goes. It ain't tricking if you got it, unless it is. So do we toast or cork to buying such a rich gift just after one year of dating? One year. I'd be so mad if my boyfriend bought me land for my first <laughs> year anniversary, really. You're not here for reparations? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with it? Run laps? <laughs> build a, build a house. <laughs> especially you know now where I'm not in a place where I would want to build anything at this moment uh, you know and now I have to pay taxes on it and pay for the upkeep for the land you know <laughs> she you know you thought this was cute and special but now what I have is a big responsibility that I didn't even ask for it's, that's kind of how I felt initially about it but on the flip side we don't know what they discussed as a couple. Maybe he told her he wanted to build a business or a new home and she is helping him with whatever endeavor, you know, he desired. But I, I think that if they are in love and she feels that he deserves this and, you know, if she can buy him what he wants, I say, go ahead and do it. But only do it if you absolutely know that you will not regret it later. Like if you know in your heart, if the relationship doesn't work out, you will you wouldn't be sad that you spent all this money on somebody right that's the way I see it you know as long as there's not gonna be any regret attached to it I say do it I'm gonna need a ring on my finger before I buy anybody some property anywhere I don't care if it's a Barbie doll house or a Barbie dream house you finna put a ring on my finger before I add your name to anybody's title on anybody's land. I think a year is too short a time to be dating somebody and then make like this big of a commitment. Like I'm not even here for him adding her name to the title of his home six months into the relationship. Like I guess if you know, you know, but I, I really wasn't here for this. Like I thought it was like cute and romantic but also like y'all only been together for a year you're investing in like property for this man like 
I wasn't feeling it, but these are also rich people purchases Mm -hmm. and I'm not in the right tax bracket to cork this. So (laughs) I, I am going to toast with my pinky in the air, drinking my glass of Chateau Margaux in the South of France. Yeah. And you know, they probably, they probably know that I think there are a lot of couples out there that when they meet someone, you know, it's love at first sight for them. Like my brother and my sister-in-law are a, a prime example. They met each other and like within, they'll tell you within two to three months, my brother proposed. He knew that he wanted to be married, you know, to my sister-in-law. And here we are years and years and years later, they have children, everything, and they're still together. So some people know, but they I'm like you, <laughs> they are, I love them both. <laughs> but you know I'm like you Caroline like if if I wouldn't spend the type of money unless I had a ring on my finger or there was some sign of a commitment but I wouldn't want land for my first anniversary gift I'm just saying maybe <laughs> later <laughs> first dating anniversary gift you're right and yeah. I've heard men when they say because a man can have somebody just sitting around for six seven eight years and they maybe want to be with them but they don't want to change that title whereas some men like you said your brother in three months he doesn't propose because he knew this is the woman so it don't take a man a long time to decide am I gonna be with them am I not all the time it's not trying to get their finances in order or whatever they gonna scrape up what they gotta scrape up to prove and make their commitment to you yeah i'm I'm gonna court this bringing it in alexa give me my 40 acres and a mule so i can give it to my husband (laughs) (laughs) but you know as long as like you said shalana she don't leave with hurt feelings and trying to do something to get this land back because we've seen it happen another Mm -hmm. celebrity couple just recently thought it was all you know unicorns and rainbows and buying land and stuff for each other in the in the next couple months they relationship status is single so you know as long as you gonna still handle it I guess as mature adults even if you don't last then and like we say because we just talked about this I think last week or maybe the week before do not go into something thinking what if I don't last? Don't have some secret bank account, you know, preparing for the future that we ain't gonna last or <laughs> all these different things. So hopefully they do last and I'm a I'm a toaster. Yeah, I was toasting okay. too. I don't know, I forgot to say. All right. Three toasts all around because we cannot afford the cork to keep up with super scent and razor <laughs> now. On to our next story. I have to come before the close the curtain family because I I might need a cork. And as we've said before, no one is exempt from getting the cork on this show. No one is safe, even us. So I call this story grace or disgrace. Close the curtain host experiences some poor customer service and y'all, we've got to talk about it. All right. So, okay. Y'all know I've had a really long couple of weeks between spending a week in Miami for work. My husband and I are looking for a house in this ghetto housing market. 
work has been interesting. I'm still working on, you know, some special projects for parents of an angel and just a lot of things like your girl is tired and your girl needs a little pampering. So I decided to book a hair appointment this morning for just an easy little scalp detox, shampoo, conditioner, and blowout. Like that's it. I was taking down a protective style and I just wanted a little TLC on my hair because I didn't feel like doing it myself. I could have done it myself. I just didn't want to today. So I booked an appointment with this salon that's about a five minute walk from my appointment. So in my head, I'm like, boom, I can take these twists out real quick, hop in the shower, walk to the market, grab some breakfast and walk to the hair salon. Plenty of time. So the appointment was at 1115 this morning, like today. And I received like the email confirmation for my appointment and everything. So as soon as I got the email confirmation for my appointment, I started taking down my hair. And when I was taking down that very last twist, I got a text from my unknown number. You, you know what? Let me just read you what this here message said. Hi, I need to cancel your 1115 appointment. I have something else to do today and forgot to close my books for today. I just, I, I was at a loss for words. I didn't say anything back because I was just like in disbelief. Like she really just tried it. And then she texted me again, like five minutes later and was like, when would you like to reschedule? So I blocked her. Now, my internet friends, they all agreed that like Shorty was wrong as two left shoes for the way she came at me. But another one of my friends that I was FaceTiming earlier, we were talking about it and she said that I should have given that girl a little more grace and just rescheduled for another time, especially since I was on this here podcast last week talking about how we have to stop being so quick to criticize Black-owned businesses. Now, mind you, I have never been to this salon before. I already have a salon that I typically go to, but my stylist is out of town. So instead of waiting for her to get back, I decided to try this specific hair salon because my husband gets his retwist there and they always look and fly. So I'm like, let me try this salon out for myself. And um, like, I obviously wasn't going to go to the loctician who does my husband's uh, locks, but I'm like, if his looks so good, clearly the salon's doing something right. Let me try this out. And as y'all can see here, I did not get my hair done today. I just ended up washing it myself like I probably should have just done in the first place. But it leads me to think, should I have given this stylist some grace and, you know, just kind of reschedule and just chalk it up to her making an honest mistake or can she just come on down the street and collect this cork? She going to get a cork all day from me. When I saw your post, Caroline, I was hella mad because I feel like these hairstylists are quick to charge us a cancellation and late fee for every little thing, but do not show us the same respect when they are the one in the wrong. Because I've had interesting situations, you know, with hairstylists as well, too. And, uh, but I remember when I had a hair appointment and I was running late because I had an emergency at work towards the end of the day and it kind of really pushed me back. So I called to cancel my appointment. And this was maybe like three hours before my actual appointment. I called my stylist and I was like, listen, I'm running late. I know you have a cancellation policy. 
or late fee policy or whatnot. And I'm just letting you know that right now I got a little situation going on. I'm not going to be able to be there. And so she was like, okay, if you cancel your appointment, you will have to pay not only a cancellation fee, but also the full price of your service. So mind you, I pay every two weeks close to $150 for my hair. And I told her verbatim, I said, listen, this would be the day you lose a faithful customer. As long as I have been like coming to you, not only have I been coming to you, I tip you. I also have referred clients to you and you have the nerve to penalize me like this. Like I, I can understand charging the cancellation fee, but the service too. And I'm not like a repeated offender. This was kind of like the first time that this has happened. And I had a legitimate excuse. So I feel like Caroline, she should have offered you a free service instead of asking you to reschedule because that is a really big inconvenience. And your friend said to give us some grace. <laughs> to me, I think in this situation, grace is not warranted because the excuse is inexcusable. I forgot to, I had something I had to do. And so I forgot to take my books off. No, mm -mm. something that would have been excusable was, oh, I have an emergency. Someone in my family is sick or something happened in the shop and I can't do, do hair right now. You know, those are the, the excuses that you excuse, but not being unorganized. That was just completely unorganized. So she gets zero stars from me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm throwing this quart bottle at her salon. Not the whole bottle. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't be busting the window at that salon. It's too close to my house. It did make me ow. Like, wow. When I saw your post this morning, because that was really crazy. So did you make the appointment this morning? Mm -hmm. mm, that was real well, quick, fast service then. Let, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. So I called the place first. They opened at nine. I called them at like 9.15 or so. And they didn't answer. And I figured they were with a client or something like that. Like it's Saturday. I know they were busy, but they had like several open appointments on the website, but I wasn't sure which service to book online because I was just coming out of a protective style. I didn't know if I needed like this add on and my hair length like they charge a little bit extra for your hair length and they have like different like lengths. And I'm kind of between two of them on like their website. So I was just trying to call them to see like, which ones should I select before I book the appointment? They didn't answer the phone, but I got a text from them. I guess it was like in replace of a voicemail. And they were just like, hey, uh, we're so sorry that we missed your call. Uh, we're either out of the office or with a client right now. But if you need to book an appointment, head to our website. And if you have a specific question, text us here and we'll call you as soon as we can. So I'm like, okay, they want me to book on the website. I'm gonna just book on the website. So I booked on the website because they had an 11.15 and 11.45, like three appointments and a 12 o'clock hour, one o'clock hour, everything. So I'm like, I, I I guess they got time today. Right. So yeah, I booked it like this morning for today. And how long after did she send you this text saying blah blah? Let me see what time that message came through. She is super blocked. 
So it was like an hour later. So I made the appointment around like 920 and her message came through at 1025. Yeah, I still, I mean, I think that as soon as you book the appointment, it shows up to say, you know, someone has scheduled an appointment with you. So first of all, she could have given you more time, even if she was with a client. Well, it sounds like she wasn't even with a client because she said, I forgot to close my books and I got something to do today. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. Can't speak for anybody else. No, Don't know what she was doing, but a whole hour is a pretty long time for you to have sat there. And I'm glad that at least you didn't go to the studio and she wasn't there because that would have put pissed me off even worse to have used this gas in the gas crisis <laughs> we in right now. You've been mad for a whole different reason. I'm gonna burn my gas coming down here. Okay, coming down here. I'm, 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 I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I'm teeter-tottering because I, I do feel like something else could have been done for the for whatever you were coming in for since she was the one who made this mistake it should have been something alternative that she offered you instead of just like when would you want to reschedule like you know I'm sorry I didn't make I, I didn't close these right I didn't close the book so you know even though I got something to do I'm gonna come in because that was my mistake or something no I could call and see if one of my colleagues could take you in or something else could have been done on her part to make up for her lack of responsibility in closing her books I mean we all make mistakes we all forgetful that's a human error but when it starts to affect your potential customers because I sure will probably write a review we'll make sure that you call after you book this thing because apparently people don't remember to close <laughs> they right so that was such a huge inconvenience I'm gonna have to core cut just because of it just because of that because if you knew you might not even have taken your perspective style down or you would have tried to find some other place or or a book with someone else like mm-hmm. that is that's wrong and so yeah I'm a corker I think I might cork myself for trying to cheat on my stylist and this is what I get for <laughs> being impatient <laughs> and not waiting for my dear sweet Nicole to get back in town then what I get? Well, moving on to appreciation or appropriation, part two, Macy's versus D9 sororities. With a new collaboration, Macy's is winning over Black sororities and representing Black-owned brands. The retail giant has teamed up with clothing maker Casper Group to fulfill the need of appropriate dress attire for sorority members. This is a quote coming from Black Enterprise. It was a common struggle for members of these organizations to find recognizable colors to match those with their group and especially for chapter events and conferences. Now, Macy's is offering the Casper Sorority Collection in more than 200 of the company's brick and mortar locations. The sororities, first the illustrious Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated, Delta Sigma Theta, Alpha Kappa Alpha, and Sigma Gamma Rho will each have at least five pieces per launch and women's suits that will debut next month in June. 
from trousers to dresses, cardigans, Macy's will have your sore tire covered. Now, a lot of us were praising Macy's. We thought this was a beautiful uh, way to honor D9 sororities. The outfits were very, very pretty, but there were others like Roland Martin who weren't that fond of the idea. And this is what he had to say. I've seen all these stories praising Macy's. Look, that's not how he talks. I'm just like assuming. I've seen all these stories praising Macy's for creating a... <laughs> for creating a line of clothing targeting Black sororities. According to the stories, it's generated $10 million in sales already. I applaud the Zeta sister who works at Macy's, who came up with this idea. But what business is Macy's doing with Black-owned companies? Like, for real, I'm not chastising Macy's, but if they're out here making money off of Black sororities, are they giving a percentage of the sales back to those sororities? Has Macy's made a commitment to spend at least 5% of their advertising with Black-owned media? Are they using Black-owned vendors? Black folks have to move beyond being ecstatic when companies pay attention to us. They are looking to profit off of us. So when when will we demand that they pay us beyond attention? <sighs> Roland had a lot of words. Just, he used a lot of words. But after a quick Google search, Roland, I found that Macy's has pledged $1 million to bolster education and research foundations of the sororities. And so like, this is huge for our sororities. You know, like the article said, it can be hard to find like business attire specific to our sorority colors, official sorority colors. So do we feel like celebrating Macy's in their inclusion or are we corking them for not just funding a black owned business who already creates attire for sororities? and just pay them to launch this project? I think that Macy's can, you know, try their hand at this venture. The reason that I'm corking them is because it says the retailer is expecting to hit 10 million in sales this year through the support of its core demographic. But it has pledged 1 million to bolster education and research foundations of the sororities so as you guys were talking earlier i'm not in a d9 organization or otherwise but you were trying to find out if they were giving this money this one million dollars to the national headquarters or if they were giving it to the various chapters and how this money would actually be given out to raise education and research and I do think that that's a, a good target, but you expecting 10 million and you only going to donate 1 million, like that's a little chunk of change. <laughs> so I think that they could definitely do better that way. And if you're going to do it, don't mark it how much you expect, because you know that they already are probably going to hit more than that if they get the support that they're, it's already looking like they are going to get. So you can do more, you can do better. And so I'm going to toast the idea and the availability of the resources, but I'm going to court this initiative of trying to only give back so little to the community that you're, you're targeting with this release of product. 
Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning the same way you are, um, Nalita. Like, I think this is an awesome idea, especially since they are giving money towards the initiatives of each sorority because they really didn't have to give anything back. But I really appreciate the fact they're giving something back. And the dresses are not bad looking either. You know, I, I would love to snag me one, but I think that the amount of the donation is where Roland was coming from in his statement. Because like you said, Nalita, they're making millions of dollars, but then they're going to just trickle down one million to each organization. And so I feel that most of the proceeds, if not all of the proceeds, should go towards the organizations if they're really trying to support the organizations. Because each organization has so many different initiatives, and it's just not on the national level, but on the regional levels and the local levels, like there are so many different ones. And what is $1 million gonna do? It's really not gonna do a lot, you know? Our organizations serve African-American communities. So yeah, I think a little bit more needs to be done with this. So I'm gonna have to, you know, toast the endeavor, you know, but I'm, I'm quirking the amount of money. So, I was I was going back and forth with this because I know that when Macy's carries like a collection or like a brand's clothing, they don't receive like 100% of the revenue. So even though like they've probably sold like $10 million worth of products, that doesn't mean that like Macy's gets all of it because you still have to pay like Casper who has provided like this line of clothing. And then you also have to like, you know, pay for the advertising and the marketing, which I heard was done in partnership with a black media company, but I, I haven't verified that. It's just what I heard. So I think just a little bit of a stretch to come from Macy's pockets, the way that Roland did, like I hear him, like I get what he's saying, because when you look at it, just that face value, Taking $10 million in revenue and only giving $1 million to sororities does seem a bit unbalanced. But when you think about it, like from a business standpoint, it doesn't necessarily mean that Macy's is keeping like that $10 million because like I said, they still have to pay Casper for the, uh, a portion of those sales as well. And then this isn't like Macy's first time highlighting or doing work with like Black brands or Black organizations because Zeta Phi Beta was just in the Macy's Day Parade to like celebrate our um, centennial year. And we, <laughs> we won't talk about how they called them a dance team, but you know, I thought that was really cool. And then Macy's also has another like startup entrepreneur, I guess you could call it like an incubator where they help you develop your brand for mass market. And I know they've worked with the Lip Bar after they were basically laughed at on Shark Tank, but they've worked with the Lip Bar and they've also worked with a brand called Urban Hydration. And the creator of Urban Hydration is from my hometown and she's an AKA. So like Macy's is doing the work. And I don't want like the comments from like Roland Martin to discredit or like discount the work that Macy's does. So I am going to toast the idea 
And I'm also going to toast the execution. So for me, it's a toast all the way around. And I think that sometimes we can be like so critical of brands at every single point when they try to do something. Like we done dragged Walmart through the mud so much that they done took that little Juneteenth ice cream off their shelf. <laughs> and <laughs> last week we were talking about Honey Pot so much that they done cussed us out on Facebook. <laughs> talking about how bad we didn't did them and I think that sometimes we can get so critical of a brand when they try to do something right that we sometimes forget to also like celebrate them when you know I, I don't see Target or JCPenney's or Dillard's or anybody else partnering with people in the sorority to create these collections, right? This wasn't like some white woman in a corporate office who decided that this was a Black idea. Like this was created by one of my sorority sisters and she partnered with other Greek women to create this line. So I'm cork, not corking, I'm toasting Macy's and I'm giving Roland Martin a little side eye. I'm not going to give Roland a side eye. The only reason why is because I do, I do agree with him that we have to really be vigilant and really do the research before we get excited about each and every endeavor. Because like he said in the statement that a lot of these companies are making money off of us and, you know, they're doing it just to show us the attention and, you know, and, and let us know that, okay, we can support you all too, but is it really support at the same time? And I think that's where he was coming from by just kind of making us be a little bit more vigilant instead of like celebrating all the time whenever we get small breakthroughs, you know? So, but I do like agree with everything you're saying, you know, Caroline, I do think that sometimes we have to just enjoy what, you know, these other organizations are doing for us, but at the same time, we have to just really be mindful too. So then like, what... What does being vigilant look like? Like what could Macy's have done that we haven't seen from a quick Google search, but like what could Macy's have done to not be criticized by like the Roland Martins of the world? More money. Like I'm sure they got a big cut from it. I'm sure Macy has gotten a big cut from this. You know, I do know you have to trickle down the money down to the Caspers of the world, as you stated. But I do think that they they have made more money towards this endeavor too. You know, and I think they could have given a lot more than just $1 million to every organization. Because like I said before, you know, there's so many different initiatives that we all have. I just think we do need to really do the research first. You know, whenever we see these different companies celebrating us and seeming as if they're doing more, we need to really do the research and just look more into it before we're like, oh, okay, they're really out there doing it. You know, that's where I'm coming from. I feel that. I feel that. And I think two things can be true at the same time. Like, I think we can be excited for a collection like this in Macy's while also holding them accountable to donate more money and, and be more present in like their philanthropy and their commitment to like D9 sororities. Because on the other hand, we have Walmart who 
<laughs> this was from February, but I remember going to Walmart and there was like a pyramid of cocoa butter in front of like one of the end caps of an aisle. And it was literally like mm-hmm. stacked up like an Egyptian pyramid. And it said happy Black History Month on the top of it. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing I was coming from too. Like you have to be, if you're going to do it, do it right. Like, I feel like a lot of these organizations need to sit down with someone who is of the culture and say, hey, how can we celebrate you all without really messing it up? <laughs> and and no. I think Macy's did that. But when you have, so you've got someone like Macy's who worked with employees of Macy's who are in denied sororities. They did contribute like a million dollars toward education and scholarship. But then you have someone like Walmart who just like put up a display of cocoa butter thinking that that just (laughs) resonates with the black community. It's like, Mm -hmm. I think two things can happen at the same time. We can hold Macy's accountable to do more, but we can also celebrate what they have already done. Like, I don't expect a brand to always get it right the first time. So that's why I'm not too, like, I'm not as critical as Roland Martin is about this. Is there work to be done? For sure. Like, could they have done better? Absolutely. But I don't want to also, like, discount what they've already done um, because the clothes are cute. I mean, I even picked mm-hmm. up a cardigan and a dress because the clothes <laughs> are cute, okay? You know, has my little pudge all nice and just, it's, mm-hmm. it is very nice. <laughs> but I think that the way we have to be careful about the Walmarts and the Bath and Body Works who just appropriate our culture at every split second, we also have to be protective of companies like Target and Macy's who are working really hard to try to do the right thing. And Mm -hmm. I think that what did it for me was Macy's actually collaborating with members of these organizations for this release. Like if that hadn't have happened, I'd have been like, yeah, this is just some BS and they're just trying to collect the check. But I think that was like the difference maker for me is that we were included in the production and the execution of this campaign. Yeah. So Roland, what are you doing? Because we found all this out after a quick Google search. What are you doing? Besides (laughs) making all that noise. He's just trying to create awareness. That's what it is because we get so excited when we see a company doing something finally and we forget to really look at the numbers. We really forget to look at, you know, the research behind what they're doing. And I I think that's basically what it is. Like he's just that type of person that's always trying to make us be aware. And we need that because yeah. the way Bath and Body Works had us in a chokehold with that watermelon candle Girl. in February. <laughs> Rolling, keep doing the good work. Because um, <laughs> we need it clearly. Now for our last story, I have been waiting for this. I like to call this, say my name, say my name. Because Candy Burris says that her group Escape would beat Destiny's Child in a battle of the hits. Y'all can just end the show right there because I can't believe she had this much audacity. (sighs) There's an old saying that goes, always bet on yourself and then double down on it. And that's exactly what Candy Beerus did recently and made it clear that although her and the other ladies of Escape already hit the stage for a hit for hit battle against SWV, 
she got on TV with Andy Cohen and Lil John in the discussion about possibly going up again, but this time against Destiny's Child. So they were on the show playing a game called Who Do You Verse Suspect? So I guess they're trying to play on the words of who versus. And Andy would give Candy and Lil John like two artists and they have to say who they would think would win in a versus. And so they were saying things like Megan Thee Stallion versus Cardi, Jay-Z versus Ye, Tina Turner versus Beyonce, like Mary versus Faith, like that kind of stuff. And so when they posed the question of Destiny's Child versus Escape, Candy only had a few words to say. Like she chuckled a little and said, oh, really? We the OGs. And so Lil John started screaming, escape, escape in the background. And Candy just laughed about the idea of this matchup. So who can I run to? Well, Candy, you can run to this cork or this toast. What do y'all think? Well, I'm going to toast to Candy because I would have to agree with her. Only because Escape was a group of my time. They were one of the best girl groups of the 90s. And a lot of their songs still stick with us till this day. Their music, to me, is very nostalgic because uh, whenever I listen to it, it takes me back to my elementary, my middle school, and my early high school days. So that's how long it kind of stuck with us. So I, I have a bit of a connection with Escape. Plus, I think that Escape has far more hits than Destiny Child. Honestly, don't get me wrong. I love Destiny Child and Beyonce. I love it. But when you sit down and you look at the number ones versus from Escape versus Destiny Child, Escape got so many number ones just kicking it. Who can I run to? Do you want to understand it? My little secret, work me slow. The arms of the one who loves you feel so good tonight. Am I dreaming? Like the list goes on. And so when I thought about Destiny Child's number ones, I'm like, it wasn't so many. And I think the, the reason for that is because Destiny's Child, in my opinion, was all about marketing Beyonce. So you always heard, you know, Beyonce leading the song, but with Escape, everyone led a part. Everyone had a part. They were a group. Now they had their little, their little pitfalls later on, but they, when it came down to the music, they all shared the spotlight. And plus, might I say, Candy Burris wrote one of Destiny Child's songs, Bills. Candy also <laughs> wrote Legs and Hips so, and Body. <laughs> Candy wrote that, not, not Escape. <laughs> Candy wrote that. But I'm just, I love, don't get me wrong, I love Destiny's Child, but I got to give credit where the credit is due. Like, Escape is that girl group. Are we even cousins? Right. Shalana speaking for Shalana. She ain't speaking for clothes, okay? Okay. Listen, I'm speaking for me. I'm older than you too. So that's probably why, because Escape was like the girl group of my, my era, like the early nineties. Like every time I listen to an Escape song, it puts me back, you know, to those days. 
So maybe that's why, because I'm just a little older than y'all, that I really feel like Escape is that group and had more hits. I feel so betrayed. Who are you even? I just, I feel the knife going through my back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had to keep it real. I had to keep it real. I'm sure other people who, you know, grew up in the same era as me, they probably feel the same way. They probably feel the same way. How many Coachellas has Escape been in? Beyonce went to Coachella. We talking about Destiny's Child. And the only reason why Kelly and Michelle made it to uh, Coachella is because of Beyonce. So we're talking about the group. Nandu has more Grammys. Escape has many Grammys. I I cannot (laughs) see Escape going in a versus 20 songs against Destiny's Child. Bills, 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 bootylicious, cater to you, emotion, jumping, jumping. Ladies, leave your man at home. That's the club is full of ballers in their pockets. <laughs> Lose my breath. Say my name. Uh, no, 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 no. When it's really yay, 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 yay. Like, and bugaboo. Mm-mm. But that's, but that is it. Compared and proud, to- proud family. Proud family nine. I ain't seen Escape on a Disney Channel intro. What am I trying just, to watch the Disney Channel back then in the 90s? I'm just saying. <laughs> Nasty girl. Confessions. Listen, Candy don't want that Destiny's Child smoke. She don't want it. Mm, I don't know Independent if they want. Independent women, temptation. Escape smoke. I, I am very surprised at your answer. I thought this was just going to be a, <laughs> a unanimous cork. Definitely corking them because Ooh. I Thank just you, had to Alita. look up the members of Escape to see why she would even dare think that they could go toe to toe. And when I saw a tiny name on it, I said, oh, no. But you ain't know tiny I- was in Escape. No. I couldn't name any of their members at all. Um, Everything you need to know right now. (laughs) But then I looked up their hits and yeah, they had a lot of singles, but still it didn't look like they could really make an album. But really, I mean, to hit the charts, I guess all you do need is singles. I said I was trying to look at their discography and I didn't see too many albums I saw the singles but I said when you're trying to hit the peak charts then you really don't have to make albums and in that time it wasn't you know everybody went out here seeking the album fame but yeah, I can't name a lot of their songs, and I really would have to go and look up the songs to see what I was really missing. But I don't think that they can go toe to toe with Destiny's Child, and not just because of the voices. Because I have heard a lot of their songs. I definitely think that they got range and stuff. But just you know, song for songs, I feel like at some certain point it wouldn't just be as nostalgic. But it's like you said, Shalana, because they weren't 
just the hit women group in my time I don't know. I love me some escape. I thoroughly enjoyed them. Like when I got older, because, you know, like to Shalana's point, I did not grow up in escapes like prime, like in their heyday. But now that I'm stuck listening to like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, even now, like escape got some bangers, like they got some real deal bangers. I just don't think their best 20 is better than Destiny's Child's best 20 I, and that's that's and it, it and it might be because i'm biased because i don't like maybe it's because i'm biased because i don't like tiny like at all i do not like her but she can actually sing the only person in the that can't sing to me is candy honestly but she Mm-mm. she does a good job with backup vocals. Like she, you know, she does a really great job with that. But the other three can really sing. Tiny has a voice. And see, I lost my taste for Tiny in like the T.I. and Tiny show. So I just, I don't care for Tiny. I don't care for Candy's writing that much either. It feels very basic to me. But, you know, that's what makes hits. So I guess I can't hate on it. But I am very much Team Destiny's Child. We might have to put a poll up on Instagram. So because I will. I so. And just I so y'all so. know, while y'all been talking, <laughs> Escape had eight albums to Destiny's Child, five. And one of them was a Christmas album. That's fine. Just so quality. Just so y'all quality, know. Quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And every album from Escape, they had hits from it they had number ones from every album doesn't it feel like christmas doesn't it feel like christmas like, <laughs> even, even the christmas album was a banger well i'm just gonna have to go and do some more research search them up because that was me and my ignorance not knowing but i i definitely went before this this we reviewed it because i said i need to look at their discography and know what they had going for themselves but it's still not going to feel the same listening to, you know, each song that they have put out versus Destiny Child. But to each his own. That still does not mean that they did not make quality music. And I'll enjoy the verses. If there is one, because I don't see Beyonce participating in nobody's verses. Beyonce black behind <laughs> and getting on nobody's verses. But I think it would just be one of those times where it would be like Patti LaBelle and Gladys Knight or like Brandy and Monica, where it's not really a competition. It's just more of like reliving that nostalgia because, I mean, they also cater to like two very different audiences too. So it's really hard to say like which one is necessarily like better because Destiny's Child was really like a lot more pop than they were like true true r&b so that is that i'm so surprised Shalana. i just i'm very surprised i still love you nonetheless i still love you too you're still my favorite cousin (laughs) you're still my favorite i got a drink after that that was stressful (laughs) (laughs) we have made it to the sidebar segment of the show I like to call this segment the meat and potatoes of the show because this is a time where we talk about the matters of the heart. 
because celebrity news and gossip can be fun to explore, but we definitely need something that can help get us through the week and through this thing we call life. This week, we will explore how not to lose yourself in a relationship. Relationships are wonderful. Being in a relationship can feel like you get to hang out and make out with your best friend all the time. It's pretty great, but that can sometimes become our whole world. You don't connect with your friends as much. We've all had that one friend who became so consumed with being in a new relationship that he or she may have unknowingly cut you off. <laughs> you stop doing the activities that you love because you become so wrapped up in learning about and catering to what your new boo likes. And this is all because you're totally infatuated with this one person. You might even feel like you're losing yourself in a relationship which can be a little unsettling. And we know how exciting it is when you're first starting to combine your life with another person. Love can be like a pair of magical glasses that you put on and the world around you seems to change. Colors seem brighter, food tastes better. The song on the radio finally makes sense. <laughs> it is awesome. Of course, you're going to be head over heels with this person at first. The honeymoon stage is a real thing, but the important thing to remember is not to lose yourself in this new magical endeavor or lose who you were before you enter into this relationship. So how do we do that? Let's dive into it, ladies. So ladies, both of you have been in a long-term relationship. Do you think there has ever been a moment that you felt you were losing yourself? And if so, in what ways were you able to rediscover yourself? And if not, how were you able to keep a sense of self? And we'll probably discuss uh, more about how we can keep a sense of self in the next question too. I definitely lost myself in a previous relationship. I was, of course, in my early 20s and just like head over heels over this boy. And I thought that I was dating out of my league. I was still in undergrad. He had already graduated. He went to an HBCU. Like his family was into politics, like in Congress. And, you know, he was a banker. Like he had a successful career. And I was just like in undergrad working two jobs trying to like make it. <laughs> like I wasn't even 21 yet at the time. And I was just so wrapped up in like trying to keep him impressed and trying to keep him into me that I lost myself in that process. And I think that it was really all just rooted in a sense of insecurity about myself and not realizing that he was the lucky one to have me and it wasn't the other way around. And so in trying to convince him to stay with me you know we spent way too much time together I stopped hanging out with my friends I stopped talking to my friends as much and like I didn't even introduce him to my friends like that's how much time he and I had spent together and it was really because I was so focused on not losing him that I lost the sense of myself and the way that that got fixed is that we broke up that that was just how we fixed it because it was it was really toxic it wasn't like a very obvious 
toxic relationship because it wasn't like verbally abusive or like physically abusive or anything like that. But the actions that we were taking took like, quote unquote, show that we loved each other. They were toxic. And I think the biggest difference now is that in my marriage, not only am I like thriving by not losing myself in my marriage or with my husband, but like we also encourage each other to maintain those hobbies and maintain those relationships with other people so that we don't get over engulfed in our own relationship. So if there's like a concert, you know, pre-pandemic, of course, but if there's a concert, I think my husband would like, like I really encourage him to go you know, he is the first one to say, go take your girl's trip, like go have fun, go be safe, but go have a good time and vice versa. And I think for us, it's really important that we maintain that balance between loving up on each other, cuddling all up under each other, but not making each other our only single solitary focus. And I think for people listening, if you, if you find yourself not doing the things you enjoy doing anymore, or you you stop hanging out with people that you enjoy hanging out with because you're always with your spouse or you're always with your partner, then it's time to reevaluate like why you've lost that balance of of things and the balance of where you spend your time. And it's it's easy to lose that focus, but it's also easy to get it back to. And that's the good thing. So true. So true. When you were talking about that previous relationship, it did make me think about one that I had been in. And this was way, way back. I don't even remember the right, right before Roy and I started being together. But when I was in middle school, I remember, <laughs> you know, growing up in the church, it was like people could always see and be like, oh, it's something about you. You, We know that you in church. We know you believe in God and all this different stuff. And it was like, I had been, like I had grown up in there, but I didn't want everybody to be pinpointing me for that or to be jumping on me and saying, you saved this, this. I don't know. I felt like at that time I was trying to be real rebellious. I didn't want nobody to be targeting me. I was already wearing long skirts in middle school and everything. So I felt like I had a circle on my back. (laughs) And so I was just doing whatever I was not able to do at home. And so I remember this one time I was in the, I became the manager of the boys football team, which was already a lot. It was crazy. I shouldn't have been allowed to be doing it, but I was the manager of the boys uh, football team. And one day early in the morning before school, even like classes or anything was in session, I was in this room with, I don't even know if it was some another boys or whatever in there. And we was just talking and <laughs> I was cussing like a sailor, honey, just saying words, saying I'm so crazily put together because I had never cursed before. I'm starting middle school and I just was cursing with reckless abandon. The words probably didn't even make sense. And then the principal walked into the room and she was like, Melita, I know that them words weren't just coming out of your mouth. She talked just like that with a little soft voice. And y'all, when I said I had bowed my head and I was just like, 
you've caught me. So now I'm scared for a whole different reason. I'm like, she definitely finna call my mama and daddy. And then I'm gonna get towed up when I get home in middle school, still still about to get towed up because they, I know they ain't teach me this. And so she didn't, but she just told me, I'm just so disappointed in you. And that right there, kind of reoriented my focus on myself like why are you so concerned about what other people are thinking about you and you so wrapped up in doing this and doing it that you really are losing yourself and so whether it is an actual relationship oh and so I stopped being the the manager of the football team and I broke up with my boyfriend like you said you don't I don't think that you always have to break up with someone to find yourself again, but you definitely have to be intentional about looking for yourself, intentional about and honest about even finding out that you have lost who you really are on the inside. And even to do that, you first have to ensure that you found yourself. And so who you are changes as you age, as you grow and as you mature. So you got to be comfortable spending time with yourself finding out what you like to do, who you are, your hobbies, going out, trying new things, and really, really be honest. And so another, just one quick example is I am a friend who loves to, (laughs) well, used to before I started therapy, love to interject myself in other people's problems. So I'd be like, oh, you know, they just be telling me something to let me listen to what was going on. And then I'm just really scrabbling around, racking my brain for how I can solve that issue and solve that problem. And that is not even what the friend was telling me the issue for. It was just that they wanted to rent or, you know, they wanted to to have someone else listen and make sure that they weren't going insane. But I really had to learn to set boundaries and then to respect the boundary that I wasn't going to cross over that, that I did not like, that was not my problem. unless they specifically said, I'm telling you this so that we can brainstorm together or figure out an alternative or whatever the next step is, then I did not take that problem on. And it took me admitting that I had an issue and then seeking help with that issue in, in way of a therapist. And so when you find that you are losing yourself, you don't always have to be alone in trying to right the issues that you have. It is okay. And it is even recommended to seek help from a licensed therapist. Yeah, so I'm currently not in a relationship, but I have been in a long-term relationship before. And one of the challenges that I came across was basically maintaining my friendships while also being in a relationship because one of my love languages in both my friendships and romantic relationships is spending time with people. And I found that it was difficult to split my time between my close friends and my significant other at that time, because there were times when they wanted to get together and hang out and have a girl's weekend out somewhere. And I had already had plans with my guy. (laughs) And there were times like he wanted to schedule things and I already have plans with them. So it was really hard to kind of split myself up. So, yeah, so I think like maintaining my friendships were, were very difficult at the time. And but I think, too, like if you are with the right person, 
And, you know, if they're understanding and everything, you know, balancing that may not be as difficult. But at that time, I wasn't with the right person. So it, it that kind of made it even harder. So yeah. So the next question is, what ways can we maintain a sense of self during our relationships? Well, I think Nalita really hit it on the head and talking to a therapist about it. When I think about my relationships with people, um, going to therapy to talk about it isn't always like my first thought because I always think of like getting through trauma, getting through depression, getting through anxiety is what therapy is for, but it's also there to help you navigate, you know, those dynamics of different relationships, whether it's with, you know, friendships or, you know, with a spouse or partner. So I definitely recommend therapy, but I think it also just comes down to really being grounded in who you are and the things that make you happy that are not connected to your partner um, or your spouse or your husband or wife, because once you know, like what drives you and what makes you happy and what ignites that fire deep down inside of you, you won't be compromised when it's time to, you know, focus on your partner or give more attention to your husband or start to give them the attention that they're craving because you still know the things that, you know, set your soul on fire as well. So, you know, there are times where, you know, spending time with my husband does take priority over other things. But I know that that's not the end all be all because I still have my writing and I still have my podcast and I still have my sorority and community service and my family. And as long as we encourage each other to spend time with those quality people and remain in those other circles and, and stay active in the independent things that make us happy. I think that's the key to, to not losing yourself, really. It just comes down to like encouraging that independence in one another and, and making sure that for all the time that we focus on each other, we always make time for ourselves separate from our spouse. Yep. Yes, I agree with that full 100%. And like I said, to to even ensure that you don't lose yourself, you have to first find yourself. And sometimes people are not comfortable being by themselves to to figure out who they really are at that time. And like I said, it changes as you grow, you encounter experiences and as you mature. And so learning what you like and dislike finding out what hobbies you're into and what makes you happy you got to travel you if if you want to travel but you never know if you do until you take that first step and do it and then one bad experience does not mean that you should stop putting yourself out there (laughs) um and if you are have been hurt in relationships then learn your triggers. What causes you to tick? Seek healing from those hurts and relationships of the past and of the current. Be mindful, be intentional, and be honest. What makes you toxic? Because <laughs> sometimes you can be the toxic person in the relationship. So be honest about that and go to therapy when times are bad and even when times are good, because it helps you to see the full perspective and, and really to admit when you have been unfair 
with other people and yourself, because sometimes it's hard for us to give ourselves grace. Heal so that you are your best every day. Only you can make yourself truly happy. And then when you find the person that you want to be with, you're bringing your whole healing self to be with them. And you're not looking for someone to fill this empty void with you. You're looking for them to add to that happiness that you've already created by doing and and pursuing your own interests, your own passions, and your own purpose in life. And I don't believe in that 50-50 nonsense. I bring 50%, you bring 50%. We both need to bring 100% to this relationship to make it work. And that's whether it's friendships and that's whether it's a romantic relationships. Amen to that. Yeah, for sure. That's a word. Mm. <laughs> I feel that. And there were three things that I kind of came up with when I was thinking about the answer to this question. And the first thing was prioritize yourself. You have to prioritize yourself when you're in a relationship. You know, a lot of times we place a lot of attention on pleasing our partner or making our partner happy, but we have to remember to take care of ourselves as as well, because self-care is so important when we are in a relationship, especially long-term relationships, because we can't pour out to others if we don't have anything to pour so you got to pour into yourselves and self-care could come in the form of keeping up with the things that you're passionate about or staying true to the, the goals and aspirations that you yourself have and continuing to do the things that you enjoy um you know, and it's also not relying on your partner to fulfill you. Like you said, Leah, it's, it's not 50-50. Oh, I'm not looking for my better half or I'm not looking for somebody to complete me. You know, you should already have um, a sense of fulfillment and wholeness when you meet someone. The second thing is definitely staying true to yourself. Do y'all remember coming to America when the, I guess the, the woman that they had chosen for Hakeem would basically do whatever he wanted her to do. Right. (laughs) And love whatever he liked. He said, he he would ask her like, what kind of music do you like? Whatever music you like, what kind of food do you eat? Whatever food you like. (laughs) And that part tickled me so much because without realizing it, some of us lose ourselves in our relationship when we become just like that woman from coming to America. You know, we no longer remember what we used to believe in, you know, before the relationships or we um, or what we love to do before we started seeing that certain person like you over here eating shrimp scampi and you know you're allergic to shrimp <laughs> just because your boo eating it. <laughs> you know, I, so I think it, it's very important that we stay true to ourselves while we're in a relationship and if you are with the right person again that's why that is so important if you're with the right person he's going to love you whether or not you agree with him whether you like the same foods whether you like the same movies as him or not you know after all he knew these things about you before you all started dating and I think that it is our differences as well as similarities that keeps a relationship together as well The third thing is that remember that you are still an individual, even though you're with someone, even though you've been with someone for a long time, you're still an individual. 
in their relationship. So, you know, keep connecting with yourself and your own likes with your partner. If like, for example, if you like to go for runs in the morning, but your partner doesn't exercise, keep going for those runs. Maybe if you like to go bowling with your friends every Saturday, but your partner doesn't bowl well or doesn't like bowling, keep going bowling, you know, keep doing the things that you like to do. And those are my three tips. So this has been an awesome episode. This has been episode three of Close the Curtain. And as always, we thank you so much for stopping by and listening and hanging out with us for the whole entire show. Join us next week, same time, same place on Tuesday. We can't wait to hang out with you then. Peace. Thank you for joining us this week on Close the Curtain Podcast with Nalita, Shalana, and Caroline. I hope you enjoyed this brief respite and that something we said inspired or motivated you to close the curtain on whatever is not for the season in which you find yourself in. If you're enjoying Close the Curtain, please rate the show, share it, These things allow more women access to the same wonderful content that you enjoy. If you have questions, comments, or you want to suggest show topics, leave a message for us on our email, hello at closethecurtain.com. Again, that's hello at closethecurtain.com. You can also stay connected with Close the Curtain Podcast on Instagram at our handle, at Close the Curtain Podcast. Our website is www.closethecurtain.com and our podcast can be enjoyed on the following platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor with more to come. This has been an awesome show. Don't forget to meet us next time at the intersection of pop culture and wellness. Bye.